today on CityCast Denver. Every gym I've ever been to feels the same. There's mirrors all over the walls, bros grunting and high-fiving, and of course, the occasional super creep who just can't stop staring. And lots of talk about lifting, losing weight, and getting swole. But that's not what you'll find at Metamorphosis Fitness in University Hills. We summarily reject the mirror. (laughs) Styler Rising founded Metamorphosis as a typical gym in 2015. But now they're forging a new path that could finally change that gross old gym culture. And I'm totally here for it. Today is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Styler Rising, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Styler, I'm kind of a gym rat myself, and I've been to a lot of gyms in my life, and they all are different. They have different vibes. There's a different experience. Tell me about your gym. So we have been around for about five years. We, uh, when I first opened the gym, it was it was sort of your standard gym. And then as we grew, we started to realize that we were, by the sheer nature of being um, who we were, we were very queer-owned and focused towards a lot of that community, that we um, really kind of had a niche for being a gym that focuses on folks who don't normally feel comfortable in a traditional gym setting. So we really tailored... Uh, what we do and how we approach it um, so that now what we really focus on is how do we get the average Joe into the gym and put them in an environment where they feel safe celebrating their bodies in motion and they don't feel judged. They don't feel like they have to kind of worry about um, what is happening around them. I think that's so interesting because it really is sort of an untapped market in terms of gyms are generally pretty gendered. I used to go to a boxing class and it was um, women only and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they made it co-ed and it was like, oh, dudes are in here acting so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like the gym. Be- I don't know how to explain gym behavior. It's just like this weird animalistic stuff comes out. But I see what you're saying. Like, so you was kind of like built in already, right? Who you were as a person right. who maybe was in sort of your community or your circle was utilizing the gym and you realized, hey, my community needs this space. So like, what kinds of things do you do differently or what kinds of things do you put in your gym to sort of send those messages? This is who is welcome. Well, it starts with the flags, <laughs> right? Flag. You walk into our gym, the first thing you see, we have we have the, um, the all-inclusive pride flag. Um, that's right next to our Black Lives Matter flag. And then on the other side of the gym, we have, um, at the moment, the transgender and non-binary flags as well. And that's really just because my partner and I, my partner is transmasculine and I um, am non-binary. So the minute you walk into our gym, people immediately know whether or not it's the space for them. Um, And that's, it works both ways, which is is nice. Um, So that's number one. Number two, what we did was we really tried to make sure that all of our language became degendered. So instead of saying ladies, gentlemen, girls, boys, everything we say is y'all, or um, we'll say things like folks, hey folks, everyone, you know, doing all right. Hey friend, friend is a big one that we use in the gym. And then the next thing that we did was we started introducing the pronoun 
introduction at the beginning of each one of our classes. So if we have folks that we know haven't met each other yet in the gym, they're working out in a class together, the first thing we do is ask, what is your name? And what are your pronouns? And we constantly remind people that the way people appear physically has nothing to do with their gender or um, their identity. And so we want to make sure that people are always in the habit of asking everyone that they meet at the gym, what are your pronouns? Um, and so that has been a really, I think, helpful transition as well. And then really the one of the biggest things that I think we did was we took all the gender out of the bathrooms. And so we have two bathrooms in the gym and they are both agender. And we have that sort of universal sign where there's like an alien and a Spartan and, you know, all these things. And it just says, we don't care, just wash your hands. <laughs> so... That has, I think, <laughs> helped make people just feel comfortable because they realize the minute they walk in, they see the flag, they see the bathroom, and those are two really good key indicators of sort of what our gym's about. Yeah, and I think that those are social cues that I think in other spaces are not always acknowledged as sending a message, but you're sending a very clear message, like, this is who we are. And um, another component, I think, of quote-unquote traditional gyms is the mirrors everywhere. You guys don't have mirrors, right? We don't. We don't. Um, we summarily reject the mirror. <laughs> we do have mirrors in the bathroom so that you can see what your hair looks like before you leave the gym. Um, but that's intentional. And, and we do it for a number of reasons. I think from a social standpoint, the reason why we don't have mirrors is because a lot of our members have body dysphoria. And so for them, it's They've been out of their bodies for so long and they come to the gym and they entrust us to teach them how to reclaim their bodies. And so one of the hardest things that we ask them to do when they come in the gym is reconnect and get back in that body. Um, that's a very traumatic thing for some people, whether they're non-binary, whether they're at a at a place where they don't feel good about themselves for any reason. Um, and so we intentionally took the mirrors out because we don't want people to be triggered and being forced to watch themselves in motion because for a lot of folks, that's not a comfortable feeling. Yeah. I never thought about that. Like I'm now having this flashback to last week when I was working out at the gym I go to and there's mirrors everywhere and I was like feeling so good I was like oh I'm lifting like a, the heaviest weight I've ever lifted and then I looked in the mirror and I was like I don't look cool or great I would have loved to just not have that visual and just enjoyed the moment I was having of like lifting my biggest weight right this episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So you talked a little bit about this, like you opened a gym and then you kind of realized that there was a community that that you wanted to work directly more with. 
And I, so I know you've been around for a while and you did this rebranding and, and things really took off. Yeah. What pushed the gym into like a bigger spotlight? Uh, TikTok. <laughs> we, <laughs> my daughter, so I have a 16 year old and she was adamant that I get on TikTok and I was so resistant. I did not want to do it. And so finally I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I got on TikTok and a friend of mine sent me a video and said, you should stitch this. And it took me about an hour to figure out what a stitch was. I know. I was like, I don't know what that is. No, I don't. <laughs> so I figured it out and I stitched it. And that video took off. It went viral within 24 hours. We had 800,000 views on it. That honestly is what propelled us and made us realize that we are onto something so much bigger than we ever, ever could have imagined. Um, we had people from all over the country, all over the world saying, when are you bringing that gym here? When, when are you going to open? Are you going to franchise? Bring, please bring that to Belgium. Please bring that to France. Please bring that, you know, to South Africa. Like we just, it was insane the amount of traction that that video got. And it was a very simple video. It was a really amazing human being just asking, Please, you know, it would be absolutely amazing if someone like opens a gym for Gailey's gay. Oh, honey, look what I have here in Denver. A gym for the girlies, the gays and the days. Wish you were here. I think you'd love it. And that's all that it took for for people to say. Right. <gasps> exactly. I want this. So I, I know, I mean, I know from personal yes. experience too, blowing up on the internet can be awesome, right? It can bring a lot of folks to you, but there can also be downsides. What what all did you see from the sort of like negative side of the the TikTok phenomenon? Um, you know, I was surprised. We didn't get as much negativity as I thought we would. Um, I've gotten much bigger negativity on some of my personal videos about being non-binary and gender non-conforming. That's a way bigger hot button apparently. Um but, you know, we definitely had folks who were saying, oh, great, where are you located? I need, I need some shooting practice. Um, it was a lot of death threats, um, a lot of threats blowing up or shooting up the gym. Um, not as many as I thought I would get. I, I was actually pretty surprised considering how much traction that video got. For the most part, it was fairly positive. I'm glad. I'm so sorry that happened to you, though. It's still an uneasy feeling. It, it definitely was. I mean, you know, I will say it has definitely increased my vigilance um, at the gym. It's increased, you know, security. We put up cameras. We didn't use have cameras in the gym. Now we do. And like nobody could get in or out of the gym without us having eyes on them. And that's really just for the safety of the members. So one thing I hate about my gym is that when I walk in, there are these like big before and after weight loss photos, you know, and I think they're supposed to be inspirational or whatever, but it's like a big turnoff. And I heard you all do something a little different. What exactly is that? So we do sort of transformation packaging, but I'm, I'm really opposed to that word. I think the fitness industry is really bastardized what that word actually means um, yeah. and what it represents. So instead we have packages like twerk it, and that's sort of our, our transformational program. <laughs> I like, no, I like that too, because I have to say that is a big turnoff too. Is like, I don't want to see people's transformation. I, I don't know. It puts a lot of pressure on you when you walk into a space and it's like, this is yes. what everybody else has done. Can you do this too? And like, maybe that's not why I'm here. You know, like, I just want to get stronger. Um, well, what's next for the gym? <sighs> I have no idea. No. Um, 
<laughs> just operate every day. No, um, we are actually working on because franchising really isn't an option for us. Um, we feel like it'd be really hard to recreate what we have here. And it would be really hard to make sure that what is happening in our gym is being reproduced exactly in all of our other locations. So instead, what we've decided to do is we're going um, and we're in the process of just starting this. We're working on a certification program for other gyms. And so it will be a certification to basically demonstrate that you are queer and POC friendly so that when you have people walking through the door, they know from the get-go that they're going to be respected, seen, heard, and um, that they're going to have an opportunity to have a safe workout. And so we're in the middle of getting that certification put together. And then once we get that, our goal is to start an app that you can use to basically type in a zip code and it will give you a radius of gyms in that area that have been certified um, as a safe space. Because like you said yourself, the need is clearly there across the world. There has to be a way yeah. to to meet that need. Um, and I know you're starting um, a nonprofit arm of the gym as well, right? Correct. And that's um, ideally for two things. Number one, we have something in the gym called the Angel Fund, which we love. And what we do is we provide scholarships to folks who want to come to the gym but can't financially fit it into their budget at the moment. And so what we do is we ask them to pay proportional to their income and then we supplement the rest. It's great and I love it. But if we were a nonprofit, I think we'd have opportunity to raise a lot more funding for that. And so that's something that we're looking into. And then the other arm of that is that because we have a high population of non-binary and trans folks in the gym, we are also looking to start a fund for gender affirming surgeries. And that would be for our members specifically, but hopefully with the goal to go outside the gym eventually. Um, and so that's another reason why we're pursuing that. That's a great, that's such a great idea. Because again, we're working on ourselves as humans, you know, like you're saying, it's not just a, it's not just about that, f the physical transformation when we think about going to the gym, this is about the whole person. That's why we named it metamorphosis, right? Because it's it's about the transformation of self. And that's not just physically, but spiritually, not necessarily religious, but spiritually, emotionally as well. And so it's really important to us that our members, as they start to feel more confident and they start to fall into who they are, um, that we provide them with an opportunity to, to be their authentic selves. I, I am honored to be able to unlock those doors every day and, and watch what they accomplish because it's amazing. Styler Rising, thank you so much. This gym sounds awesome. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm biased, <laughs> but I think it's a cool place. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Remember a few weeks back when we brought you the story of Aurora Police Chief Vanessa Wilson, her work reforming the police department and her controversial firing? Well, the screw is still turning. Yesterday, CBS4 reported that while Wilson was feuding with rivals on Aurora City Council, Wilson's partner called a child abuse hotline to report a totally unfounded story about one of those council members. That's Wilson's personal partner, by the way, not like another cop. So I think it's fair to call this one a big mess. And finally, our mayor Michael Hancock has been trying to get more guns off the streets, and his latest push sailed through city council Monday night. 
According to Colorado Politics, it's now illegal for anyone to carry a concealed firearm in any publicly owned or leased building in Denver, as well as in Denver parks. Public comment was mixed, and the no votes came from a curious collection of council members. So I think it's time we dug a little deeper on what's happening in Denver around guns. Stay tuned. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today I explain how you can own a giant piece of late night Denver history. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. voice go out when I'm saying Denver. It like disappears at the end. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Denver.